Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. What do you think about that uh, red flag stuff? We talked in the last segment, and in fact, in the first segment today, about firearms. Utah County now making it known. We spoke to Commissioner Nathan Ivey, the county making it known that they are on track to pass their own either resolution or ordinance declaring Utah County a Second Amendment sanctuary. I'd love you to weigh in. I want to know what you think about this. I've spoken to countless county commissioners. I know what they think. I'd like to know what you think. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Again, 57500, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Let me know what you think about this sanctuary county stuff. It's it's fascinating. It's interesting. And it'll also, I believe, at some point, give us a pretty good object lesson into the relationship between counties, states, and the federal government. You heard uh, Senator Weiler speaking to us in the last segment about this very issue, uh, pointing out that counties and cities are merely subdivisions of the state and that it is to the state that the counties uh, and cities answer. And so if they are to go their own way, uh, they really ought to be doing so with the blessing of the state, uh, essentially. Anyway, let me know what you think. 57500 is the text line, or you can also get through to me on Facebook. I've got a, a little Facebook page. You can go on there. We share a lot of the information related to the topics of the program. Also, it's a good way for you and I uh, to talk back and forth uh, offline. So, We also spoke to Senator Todd Weiler about a debate coming up here in the state of Utah. If you were listening back in September uh, when I was auditioning for this program, uh, I spoke then to Thomas Wright. He was then uh, co-chair of the Utah Debate Commission. Now he's since left that post. He's running for governor. But at that time, uh, he and I were back and forth as I was preparing for my audition episodes. And I asked him, I said, hey, uh, anything going on on the presidential debate front? I had heard some whisperings a while back that we might be here in Utah, the host of a presidential debate. Uh, And he said, well, you know, we're seeing, uh, stay tuned, stay tuned. Well, it wasn't long after he and I spoke that it was announced that uh, Utah, in fact, would be hosting a debate, uh, but not a presidential debate, second best. We got the we got the second best debate we're going to have uh, here in the state of Utah up at the University of Utah, Kingsbury Hall. We're going to, on October 7th, be home to the one and only vice presidential debate. And that's going to cost some money. That's the reason we spoke to uh, Senator Weiler in this segment proceeding about this cost. It's going to cost about uh, $1.5 million, or at least that's what the legislature is looking to uh, chip in as we put together all the required uh, kind of preparations to host a debate like this. And those are natural. You can think pretty easily about what that would be. That's going to be uh, security. There's going to be a lot of overtime to pay law enforcement to help keep uh, both the candidates safe and to keep uh, you know everything in order. A lot of those costs are understandable. Uh, and there's some accommodations that we'll have to make. Anyway, the senator points out that he uh, believes strongly that there will be a significant return on that investment. I tend to agree with him. He calls it a mini Olympics. I'm not sure if 
Uh, I'm not sure if it's quite on the scale uh, of the Olympics. I'm not sure if a vice presidential debate is is on par with the Olympics. But I do know uh, that when people descend on our state that they do leave a little bit of money behind. And I think we're going to end up coming out uh, in the black on that one. The, the reason this whole issue came to my attention was because of a wonderful article written by uh, Marjorie Cortez. You can find that article on kslnewsradio.com right now, and it simply talks about these costs. Again, we'll be hosting a vice presidential debate uh, up at Kingsbury Hall on October 7th of this year. And there are a lot of questions about uh, how to put that together and if it's a good thing. And Anyway, my my position is that it's a very, very good thing. Are you kidding me? We're going to have... Uh, the, the speculation is some 1,500 journalists, they'll come to town. And journalists, they're okay, folks, uh, and they're paid all right. So they're going to need to find some place to stay. They're going to need to eat, and all of that money will stay behind as they return to their beat outside of Utah. So that's a good thing. Uh, also, a lot of people watch these debates. Some 35 million viewers are expected, both on television and online. And anytime we can get eyes on Utah, that's a good thing. We're a wonderful, exemplary place. We have a lot to show off, and this will give us an opportunity to do that. Now, in conjunction with this vice presidential debate, uh, producer Amy and I uh, were shooting the breeze back and forth this morning, and I asked, uh, at the time, uh, I thought I was being sarcastic and flippant. I said, you know, we don't even know who's going to participate yet in this debate. And that is absolutely true on the Democrat side. There is no telling who will be uh, here debating as a Democrat uh, candidate for vice president. Now, some of the folks are starting to speculate. Uh, Maybe someone like Kamala Harris might be back. Uh, Maybe Mayor Pete would find himself as, say, a a vice presidential pick for uh, Joe Biden. Who knows? There are so many scenarios, uh, and it is very, very relatively early in this process. We have uh, Nevada coming up in South Carolina. I think once March 3rd rolls around, Super Tuesday happens that evening into the next day and subsequent days, I think those will be, that's right about the time we might start hearing some of these vice presidential picks because that is when we really get a look at what America wants, or at least what America's Democrats want in terms of their presidential nominee. Super Tuesday, you know all about that one. And for the first time here, we in Utah will be participating in that. So not only will we get a look at what the Democrats across the country want to uh, put up as their candidate for president, we're also going to know what Utah's Democrats want. I'm looking forward to that. Now let me do a little bit of speculation. Let's move from the Democrat side over to the Republican side. I mentioned in the little comments I was making uh, about this segment as I was wrapping up my conversation with Todd Weiler that it is not a foregone conclusion that it will be Mike Pence running alongside Donald Trump. It's not a foregone conclusion that it will be Mike Pence up at Kingsbury Hall on October 7th here in the state of Utah defending his position and promoting uh, President Trump or her position. I've been seeing a lot of Nikki Haley lately. Uh, she's a big defender of uh, the president. Uh, she has a, a, an IT, uh, what is it, what's the word? A resume. A resume. That's the one. She has a resume that's pretty impressive. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we see her at some point in the future, either running for president or vice president. Now, as I think about this and as I kind of worked it out after my flippant comment to producer Amy this morning, it is very unlikely that anyone other than 
Mike Pence will be running alongside the president. I think it would take uh, a decision on the part of Vice President Pence, uh, him stepping away as opposed to the president pushing him away. It's that concept of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Things have been going you know, relatively fine. Uh, for the the president, he's very pleased with his polling numbers, uh, and we are starting to see it's 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 pretty close. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of the polls rather, have the president only within the margin of error, uh, but it is it's really close. And it's when it's close that we see sometimes some uh, dramatic action taking place. So who knows? We, we don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's worth it here for the state of Utah. Oh, I just have a few moments left, and producer Amy did some really cool research. I said uh, that it's not unprecedented for a president to run for a second term of office with a different vice president. Turns out it's happened seven times in American history. James Madison had two vice presidents, Andrew Jackson, Lincoln, Grant, McKinley, Roosevelt. And most recently, uh, Richard Nixon, of course, had Spiro Agnew as his first vice president, followed then by Gerald Ford. So it wouldn't be the first time we saw a single president with two vice presidents alongside him. Uh, running in subsequent elections. Interesting stuff. In the next topic, we or in the next segment, rather, we're going to continue talking about these Democrat candidates, but now we're going to move over into the money they are spending. Some of these dollar figures will make your jaw drop. Uh, Mike Bloomberg. Coming up next here on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.